welcome to Tales from the Albright, a podcast by the Scranton Public Library. My name is Alyssa, and I work in the reference department. Our guest today is Mike, who is the Buildings and Grounds Manager for all of the Scranton Public Library libraries. Hello. She is correct. This week on Tales from the Albright, we are going over a topic for Veterans Day, because we will not be having an episode next week, as Veterans Day falls on a Thursday. So I wanted to go over something that the Scranton Public Library participated in, and that was the Victory Book Campaigns of World War II. They took place in 1942 and 1943. Do you know anything about the Victory Book Campaigns? I don't. It's sort of the same thing like with the aluminum and the metal and all that type of thing? In a way, yes. So during the war, there was a major influx of men entering the military. And this resulted in the population of troops growing from 174,000 in 1939, when World War II began, to over 8.3 million by the end of the war in 1945. At the same time, discussions about the ideological nature of war were occurring because Germans had been burning books that they thought did not agree with their ideology since the mid-1930s. The American government thought the best way to combat this would be for American troops to read as much as they could on all topics. The major issue was that although Congress had allocated funds to purchase and provide these books, it was not a priority when they also were organizing for the basic necessities such as food and clothing for troops. American libraries saw this as a way where they could step in and help the war effort. The American Library Association approached the United Service Organizations and the Red Cross to propose donating materials for soldiers in hospitals and recreational camps. The military itself was hesitant to accept donated books at first because they feared that they would just receive unsuitable items that were in poor conditions. This changed by 1941 when the Army and Navy approved a plan which was then called the National Defense Book Campaign. Its headquarters would be opened in an office in the Empire State Building in New York City in November of 1941. So when Japan attacked Pearl Harbor on December 7th of 1941, the name of the campaign became the Victory Book Campaign. The director, Athea Warren, reached out to individual state programs to organize a national effort to get books for troops now that the United States was officially entering into the war. The campaign would be aided by publishers, universities, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, the Works Progress Administration, and more. It would also span across the entire nation. So on those books, but they had to be relatively new or because the soldiers didn't want them because they thought they were used? Yes, or they had a fear that the books would be ripped, torn, just completely weathered, things that people found boring that they just didn't want. But didn't they also use the pages or something because they were so... Thin or something for cigarettes if they didn't run out of paper? Probably. Okay. Since everything was so short, I imagine yeah. that would make sense. Yeah. So the Scranton Public Library was central to the efforts in Lackawanna County. As Harold A. Wooster, who was also the director of the library from the 1930 to 1942, was chairman of the Victory Book Campaign for the county in 1942. Each area was given a specific goal to meet between February 5th and February 16th. Organizations such as the YMCA, YWCA, Jewish Welfare Board, Salvation Army, National Travelers Aid, the National Catholic Community Service, and local colleges pledged to help as much as possible. 
Nationally, the Red Cross, the USO, and the American Library Association were backing the project. So like in nine days, they got 15,000 books donated. Did they or we don't know? I do have the count at the end. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, but the goal was 25,000 books. 25, yes. That deadline was the primary push, but they did expand it out. Um, would, do you want to guess what their slogan was? The county slogan? Just in general. Just in general for that. Don't read on me. No. <laughs> it was just, we want books. That was their slogan? Yeah, that was their slogan. <laughs> Very straightforward and to the point. That's exactly the Victory Book Campaign advertised using newspapers, press releases, telephone calls, radio ads, propaganda posters, and door-to-door campaigning. The messages often sounded similar to a phrase found in the Scrantonian on January 18th, which stated, What's the good book you just finished? Why not share it with the soldiers and sailors? Take it to your public library where it will join the Victory Book Campaign, which is taking books to men in the service wherever they need them. They would also list the collection points for books across the county, along with the phone number for a special telephone line. That was a direct number for those who needed their books to be picked up from their homes. The telephone line operated out of the public library, so from Albright here. So what's the Scrantonian? It was one of the early newspapers of Scranton. Also, like the Times Tribune. It was a newspaper back then, but it's not, or it's like a different... Yeah, so there was the Scrantonian, the Scranton Times, the Scranton Republican, and they all operated at different points, and some of them overlapped, and then eventually they all either fizzled out, and I forget which one it was developed into the Times Tribune today. In terms of types of books being accepted, the Scrantonian reported that the 1942 campaign wanted books for recreational reading, Fiction for men, western novels, detective stories, books about sports, tales of adventure, historical novels, and the like. We are told arithmetic, algebra, geometry, and books of higher mathematics will be useful. Books about trades, professional books of a recent date, readable nonfiction in the field of travel, history, biography, and literature are desired. So it really spanned across almost everything. Yeah, did the soldiers ask for something specifically, or they just... It seems like they kind of got what they got, but also I imagine it would be kind of a section of troops in a certain location would just receive a massive book delivery, and then they could pick and choose and swap and trade. I just didn't know what would be their interesting topic, or like, oh, that's... Like the Westerns. Would mm-hmm. have been like the big thing back then, and they all wanted to read about it, be a cowboy. But yes, I, I know mysteries were very popular. I believe that was specifically mentioned oh, there you quite go. a few times. The people of Lackawanna County began donating even before the official collection began. It was reported in January that one woman had already donated 66 books. By February 4th, Marywood College, now Marywood University, had donated 200 books. The Bell Telephone Company had donated several hundred books, and the inter- books. <laughs> probably not, maybe. <laughs> and the International Correspondent School donated 365 books, so one for every day. Once the campaign started on February 5th, the newspapers would publish the names of people who donated over 25 books. Harold Wooster was quoted in the Scrantonian Tribune, stating. 
that many donors are putting their names in the fly leaves of books they donate under a note addressed to the soldier who will receive it in the future asking him to write. Throughout the collection process, the citizens of Scranton and Lackawanna County had a fantastic turnout. The books encompassed topics that were requested along with titles in English, Latin, Greek, French, German, Portuguese, and Chinese. Written in those languages? Yes. Get going. Very good. Yes. Um, They were interested in foreign language books for people fighting for the United States that did not speak English as their first language. So they would also have something. They were from China, but helping the Americans? I I think it was more immigrants that came to the United States. It was also noted that among the donors were a number of men who had used and enjoyed the books of the Library War Service of 1918. So veterans of the First World War were some of the major donors for the soldiers. After the campaign ended and the books were counted, it was reported that the city of Scranton alone had almost reached the county goal. Citizens of Scranton donated 22,651 books to the Victory Book Campaign. Now i got a question. Yes. See, I, I ask odd questions. Yeah. So back then, the books were their major form of communication or learning newspaper, books, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So would that be a, an expensive commodity to have? Like, so therefore, like today, people are donating books to the library, but they have like 100 <laughs> books that they don't use back then. Mm-hmm. But, like, Back then, would five books be a lot for their house? Was they very expensive? Could people afford them? That yes. are, as far as I can tell, it's how it is now. Um, more prices have kind of... Would um, be difficult because not all the households would have a book to donate. Partially, um, but also you didn't have things like television. Yeah. So you just had the radio programs or books or newspapers. So there actually might have been a larger push to have books within the home. That's what I'm curious about. Yeah. Be to keep those books still at home because that is your form of entertainment. Like, oh, I could go for that book again. I don't have it. Yeah. Versus, when well, I just go down to the library, go down here, books everywhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know no. officially. But it's an interesting thought to look into. Despite the massive outpouring of support in Lackawanna County, and the county itself collecting 10,000 books over their expected goal, the state of Pennsylvania still fell short. The headquarters of the Victory Book Campaign had placed the state quota at 1 million books, but it had only received 700,000, which is still a fantastic turnout. Yeah, it's a lot of books. Especially, yes. like how do they transport all them to the, to the spot, you know? Yeah. Thinking a million books back then. Yeah, so... Everybody being tied up to get all the ammunition and metal to mm-hmm. where they need to be. Yeah, that'd be sort of like for today. Yeah. It's got to be that backlog of cargo ships in the ocean mm-hmm. that you know how to get it there. Yeah, I know from here, I believe from... All of the books came to the Albright. And then we would ship them, I believe, to Philadelphia. And then they would get distributed out from there. Pennsylvania was not the only state that fell short of their quota as the United States did not reach its goal of 10 million books in 1942. Regardless, Franklin Delano Roosevelt proclaimed April 17th as Victory Book Day to celebrate the efforts made by the United States public to collect books for the men fighting in the war and to encourage people to continue to donate books. 
they weren't going to turn away anyone that wanted to donate books that hadn't already. In 1943, there was another major push in the Victory Book Campaign, but there were a few changes made to the organization in Lackawanna County. The headquarters moved to the USO Lounge on Washington Avenue, and Arnold Rosen would become the new director of the Scranton Public Library and move into the position of the chairman of the book drive. The dates would also encompass a longer time frame that lasted from the first week of January through March 5th. Two more changes would make the process for collecting books easier. Books could be dropped off at any drugstore in Lackawanna County. Book drops were added to the Moscow's Women Club and the Waverly Community House. The Dairyman's Cooperative Federation of Lackawanna County also volunteered to have its milkmen pick up books from people's houses. So this was primarily from houses with transportation difficulties who still wanted to participate. So I have a question. Yes. So the milkmen pick up the whole bundle of books or only 2% of them? <laughs> it was, <laughs> was that was a good you, one. <laughs> I was going to ask you the question about how they, how they were able to pick up all those, but you tapping with them up. Yes. In the Scranton Times, it explained the process on February 20th in 1943. Milkman will collect all the books placed with the milk bottles on the regular collection day. Should he be so overwhelmed by the great number presented, he may find it necessary to return another day, but he will do his best as quickly as possible to get the books to the collection center. That's awesome. Yeah. That's being part of the community. Let's help the country out. Let's help the county. Yes. And I feel like that was the spirit of when America entered into World War II. Oh, absolutely. It was absolutely everyone backed it and did what they needed to do to help the war effort and help support the troops and soldiers. I think it was everybody's, everybody had somebody involved in the war and knew it, so it's not like, I don't know anybody. Mm -hmm. They had, they had skin in the game. Yes. One of the more interesting articles that I found that was published during the 1943 book campaign was titled, Who Will Get My Book? It was published on February 12th in the Scranton Times. It stated, you'll probably never know, but there are a thousand interesting possibilities for books that are sent to soldiers, sailors, marine, and coast guardsmen everywhere. Your pet whodunit may be read by a former moving picture producer, scenario writer, or cameraman. Perhaps it may even wind up in the hands of Clark Gable, Tyrone Power, or one of your favorite actors now in the Army or Navy. In a word, this man's army is a big cross-section of America. It has men of every type from every walk of life, highbrows and lowbrows, and thousands in between. It includes men who read the classics and men who read the comics, but they all have many traits in common, including a desire for books to read. Pretty cool. Yeah. Now, uh, what's lowbrow and highbrow? Um, I believe they're referring to kind of... Wealthy poor? Yeah, like wealthy poor, like very educated, not traditional education, more trade school, that sort of thing as well. Um, So by the end of the Victory Book Campaign in 1943, an additional 6,000 books were collected from Lackawanna County. Over the two years of the Victory Book Campaign, it would collect 10,290,713 books in total for soldiers fighting in the war, which is a very impressive number. Absolutely, especially back then when they didn't have too much uh, transportation needs Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Good gravy, yeah. Yeah, or... 
with everything being reduced due to the war effort, like lack of the rubber and tin, and still that will and desire to go forward and help support in any way. Absolutely. In 1943, the national director of the Victory Book Campaign was drafted into the war effort himself. In his place, Helen E. Wells, a librarian from New York City, was hired. She was part of the Office of War Information, which was involved in the main push to collect books due to its positive impact on morale. This allowed the campaign to switch from a private organization to a partnership with the military in an official government capacity. At this point, the Victory Book Campaign ended, and they were replaced with the Council on Books in Wartime. The Council oversaw the development of the Armed Services editions of popular books, and with those editions, they were specifically made in paperback, so they were lightweight and designed to fit in pockets. So that is all I have on the Victory Book Campaigns of 1942 and 43. Um, do you have any final thoughts or comments or anything? I think that's pretty cool. And thank you for asking me to come here. Next week, we will not have an episode, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, due to it being Veterans Day. We will be back on November 18th with an interview with the Lackawanna County Tintype Project. In the meantime, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or anything at all, please send me an email at aloney at albright.org. That is A-L-O-N-E-Y at albright.org. Thank you. Thank you, Vets.